dive into a world of untold narratives with the podcast that explores the unseen quadrant of the Jahari window of our lives. Here, we uncover the hidden stories and unspoken truths of extraordinary individuals, revealing what others don't know about us, but what we know about ourselves. This is The Bottom Left Pain. Hello, and welcome to The Bottom Left Pain, the podcast where extraordinary journeys come to life. In this episode, we're thrilled to present Alexon, a dynamic individual whose story spans continents, cultures, and careers. From the heart of Brazil to the bustling tech hubs of Canada, Alexon's journey is a testament to the power of resilience, ambition, and the relentless pursuit of personal growth. Join us as we explore his transformative experiences from overcoming cultural barriers to mastering the complexities of the tech world, all while maintaining a deep connection to his roots and values. Alexon's narrative is more than just a story of adaptation. It's a beacon of inspiration for dreamers and doers worldwide. Hey guys, welcome. And today we have Alexon, good friend of mine. Uh, please, yeah, let's go ahead and dive in and you know, tell us about yourself, what you do and, and who you are. Yeah, so thank you for inviting me for this great idea. I'm, uh, I'm a bit nervous because it's my first podcast in English, I think. You can oh, okay. see my accent. I'm from Brazil. And uh, I live in Canada today. So it's cold here. I'm not used to the cold. I came to work as a uh, software developer. And uh, I'm here learning and growing. Canada changed my life. And I'm glad to be here today to share a bit of my background. Awesome. Yeah, well, it's glad to hear that. I'm actually a software developer by day two. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and, you know, talk a little bit more about, you know, your life in Brazil before moving to Canada, right? Like what may motivated you to leave home and pursue a career in the tech industry? Yeah, so I think your life in Brazil is not fair. Mm. It's like uh, you, you don't make money there for what you work. They really work hard. And I'm sad to say that uh, it's the true uh, people. They really work. Like sometimes they work uh, in the weekends. I was working during weekends and after hours often. Mm -hmm. And the salary is kind of uh, not fair. Right. So this is one of the things, but uh, the worst part of Brazil is the security. When you walk on the streets, you have to be always on alert uh, zone. You have to always check around you to see if there is someone that's going to rob you or, or not. So it's really dangerous in some places, especially the place I was living. Of mm -hmm. course, we have safe places, but you don't have access to a lot of stuff. Like if you live in the city I was born, you are really safe but you are really far from everything. Mm -hmm. So you have, uh, here in Canada, I have much more op options and doors like in life. And this is the main reasons I moved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then on that too, like, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when you first moved to Canada and, you know, how did you navigate the cultural and the professional differences in the tech industry here, but also just, um, you know, also just like in, in the culture and everywhere in, in Canada. Yeah, the, the main challenge is the culture. Mm -hmm. You you have a different culture from 
the place you used to live. So I came here. The furniture is really strong in, in the part of Canada that I live. And I came here to work for a company in English. Mm -hmm. But all the the people here and the environment is in French. So yeah, I right. had to learn French. And also to become like a resident from Canada, I had to learn French from scratch. And learning this from zero is really hard. Right, I bet. Yeah, and I, I already speak Portuguese, but French, it, it's not easy. So I had this as my main challenge. Also, the cold. The cold is really hard especially right. for someone that uh, used to have sun every day even in the winter so after my second winter here i started to realize okay what is the sun we don't have sun for months right and this is a big challenge right right but what were some like some uh some culture shocks that you witnessed within like the people there right like i know you said that uh where you're at now in canada it's more of a French culture. Can you kind of talk a little bit about uh, the differences when, from where you live now and where you came from in Brazil? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm in Quebec. That is a province, mm, okay. like a state. And Quebec is kind of a particular province of Canada. They mm -hmm. almost separated from Canada. Oh, well. Wow. In 1991, if I'm not wrong. So for 1%, they almost separated. And uh, since then, they have this kind of rules that they are really pro-French. They're mm. really pro-Quebec. They really like it. And I like it. I, I, I think it's nice to have. Uh, I, I think it's important to be proud of your culture. I just think it's a bit too much sometimes. Like uh, they really force you to learn French. Mm -hmm. Example, they want uh, newcomers to learn French in six months now. Oh, wow. So if you come, you are going to receive uh, some communication from the government in English. After six months, all French. And you should communicate in French. I don't think it's possible, but they are doing this kind of stuff. And uh, about the different... The difference in, in the culture, something recently happened at my place that was shocking for me and for my wife, she's from here, mm. that is someone is stealing Amazon packages. Oh, wow. So I used to have this in Brazil and I forgot about this problem in my life. I didn't have this anymore. When I arrived here, it was safe. But I don't know what is happening, that it's becoming something happening in Quebec. Mm -hmm. So I used to have all my packages in the hall of the condo and nobody would touch. But now it's been three times that someone opened or stole. And yeah. in the beginning, it was a really big difference for me. Now I'm kind of back to reality where I'm coming from, where you cannot do this in big cities of Brazil. Right. So this is kind of difference, like uh, people here are really more thinking the others in, in sense of community. Mm -hmm. We have like empathy for others. In Brazil, it's kind of a really individualist uh, mindset. 
All right. Yeah. Okay. And so actually I was going to ask too. So did you decide first that you were going to like go straight to uh, Quebec or did you feel like you were going to go somewhere else to Canada? Were you thinking about even going somewhere else like the, the United States or yeah. Why did you decide on Quebec? My plan was to go to Europe. Mm, okay. So I, I'm coming from this, the South state from Brazil, like the, the state that's almost Argentina. Mm -hmm. So in the winters, it's zero. And in the summer, it's like 44. Oh, I think your mind is in Fahrenheit. My mind is in Celsius. Celsius. Mm -hmm. But uh, zero is cold in Brazil. It's the coldest place in Brazil. And oh, wow. I like that. Mm -hmm. Like the zero is perfect. In Quebec, it's minus 33 in the winter. So it's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. The problem is that... Uh, uh, it was so hot in the summer for me, like 44 was so hot. If you walk on the street, you're gonna get uh, all wet because it's so hot. Mm -hmm. And I decided, okay, I want to go to Europe somewhere that is cold because I like the cold in Brazil and I want this for more time in my life. Right, right. And then I had in mind, okay, I this is what I want. And one day I went to a conference to speak about uh, uh, soft skills. Mm -hmm. That is part of my side project. So, so soft skills is something that I've been learning for a long time. And uh, I was in that conference to speak about that. Mm -hmm. And there was a company that is, a, how can I say this? They, they go to places to recruit people for right, like Canada. Scouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they bring many companies with them. So they, these guys, they were there and I I saw them and I saw, okay, it's Canada, it's not Europe. So I, I don't need to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And one friend came and asked, did you talk to them? And I said, no. And the second friend came and did you talk to them? And I said, no. And the second friend asked why and i said oh my goal is not to go to canada i want to go to europe mm -hmm. and then this friend said why you don't go and ask about uh, europe jobs for the canadian guys mm -hmm. and then i thought oh that's smart i will try it so i went to talk to them and the, the company that brought me to canada was there and they said oh we are looking for this profile and it was really what I knew in that mm -hmm. time. So it was really a perfect match. And after that, uh, I kind of started looking for what is Canada and what is Montreal, what is Quebec. Mm -hmm. And because the French and all this culture from France, uh, not Montreal, but... Uh, Quebec City, that is the capital of the province, is considered the most European city mm. in the North America. Uh -huh. So it's kind of okay. It's like kind of Europe. Was. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of found Europe, but not in Europe, in North America. And it was there. I was not expecting to get a job in that conference. Kind of uh, just to, I was in the right time, in the right moment. And uh, 
after 10 days, I got the offer and I did this, all the interviews and I came. So that's kind of why I moved. Mm, yeah, I love that. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit about like, you know, this, this journey of yours, right? So how did your journey within the tech, con uh, tech industry contribute to, you know, your personal and professional growth? And what key lessons did you learn about yourself during this period as you've been working through tech? So I kind of started tech and uh, soft skills or self-development together. Right. Actually, self-development I started before. And it's something that for me today is really close. Because I see like when we program computers, we program also the mind to do some habits and right, behaviors. Right. So I can see really, uh, uh, really something similar. And I think uh, this world of tech helped me to see the self-development in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like the movie Matrix. Like huh. uh, you program, like you go to a little room and you learn stuff. Because I see that happening. And I... I think the tech is big is a big influence on my soft skills side, and the soft skills help me a lot in the tech. So mm -hmm. I see a dual track uh, uh, path. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's so cool. Oh, oh, sorry, were you gonna say something else? No, I was just uh, uh, supposed to say. I'm not sure I uh, answered your question, but that was what came to my mind. No, yeah, of course. I mean, definitely that's, I see like definitely how um, it is contributing to your growth now, right? In both aspects, because here you're looking at what was your, your journey with self-development, right? But now you're looking at it at a different way, right? You're finding the similarities, but did you feel like now self-development was much easier or how, how exactly did it, did it affect the way you approached it? I think uh, software development is harder for me mm -hmm. than soft excuse because mm -hmm. uh, I think it's more like real life instead of a computer life right right and I like this kind of trying the real life I like to train my mind and execute what I learned in real life so I think uh the self-development side is easier. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason I really like this part because I'm always learning something new and applying in my life. Right. We we met at a Tony Robbins seminar and that's right. That that's one of the reasons I was there because I really like to be in immersion and practicing this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that, right? Like, I think it's important for one to just keep improving, right? Especially when you're learning soft skills like that and even to, because um, those soft skills are really going to help you build on all the technical skills, I think, right? Or at least that's what I've kind of learned with uh, my journey through software development. But yeah, so based on your experience, like, you know, what emerging trends in technology did you find most exciting or promising, right? As soon as you started this journey of software development? I think AI, it's... Hmm. We are just in the beginning and it's in the end of my story. Mm -hmm. Not in the end, but uh, it's in the late part of my career. 
like uh, was using Notion. Don't know oh, if yeah. you use it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I write in Portuguese something and I just click and hey, can you help to improve this message? And this fix all the grammar problems, especially because my keyboard is not uh, Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So I can just write like without any uh, symbols and special characters in, in Portuguese and Notion is gonna kind of fix everything for me. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, AI is gonna is is gonna know it's already changing the way we live life. Mm -hmm. And it's again if you go to Matrix, it's kind of uh, almost the singularity concept of uh, not Matrix anymore, but the <laughs> the movies that we saw that. Uh, there is a singularity between machine and human. I, I, I can see that happening already. Right. Like when I am producing my content, I have AI helping me to do things better and fast. Right. Okay. So first off, yeah, no, a hundred percent agree. Right. Like AI is definitely, it's, you see, or at least I'm seeing ads now for like everything AI, right? Like whether it's like, you know, for production, for the podcast, whether it's like, Oh, uh, uh, you know, like when ChatGPT became big now, like, you know, people are still talking about it, but before, like everybody was like, oh, did you guys hear about ChatGPT? You could literally use it for anything. Um, and yeah, I am actually a firm believer also that like, you know, this, that AI isn't like some sort of like Skynet or like the Terminator type stuff. Like, no, this is going to be super helpful to a lot of people, right? Like, I mean, yeah, sure. Some people might lose jobs here and there, but like, think about how much more like, that's going to be able to be accomplished and also to like just discovered with AI. Um, but, you know, you were talking about content, right? So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what, what kind of content are you creating? Like, how does that fit into your journey? So I'm trying to understand the public that is following me and mm. I'm always asking them, okay, what's your pain? What would you like to achieve in life? And they are giving me, all, giving me feedback all the time. So I'm creating like a, some product. It's not a big product. It's not a programming or anything. It's like just my knowledge. I'm compiling it in somewhere and creating a path for them to teach them how to achieve what I got in life. Like, how do you get a job abroad? How, which steps you need to accomplish the same thing that I did? Mm -hmm. So I'm creating and organizing all this information. That's why I'm using Notion. And uh, I want to teach them how to do the same. And I think it's going to help a lot of Brazilians. And if you go back to the first part of the episode, of the podcast that I was talking about uh, life is not fair in Brazil right? and you have a lot of talents there and they deserve a life that's fair a life where they receive the right amount of money that they deserve and uh, if they follow what I'm building I'm pretty sure they are gonna have a fair payment, a fair job, a job that uh, you don't need to work hard as they do. You can work uh, what is expected from you. 
Friday afternoon you're done and Monday you're back. And it seems normal for us, but it's not normal for a lot of people in Brazil and right. other third, uh, world, third world countries. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing, right? That you're doing all of this because it sounds like you were inspired because of what happened to you, right? And just like what you had to go through. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of curious about like, as you're creating this, what exactly brought you to, to this journey, this new part of like, of wanting to design this, right? Of course you had this inspiration, but was there any sort of like moment where you're like, you know what, like I need to do this. Like I have to do this and I'm going to be the one that does this. It's similar to what we saw in Tony Robbins. I'm not sure where I learned this before him. But when he says about the life with fulfillment in the growth path mm -hmm. and in the contribution path together, it's kind of, uh, I, I think it's because I learned NLP before, like I studied NLP in Brazil. Mm. And in the last level, the trainer, I started to see that when I help people around me, I kind of... Uh, have a sense of uh, transcendence mm, okay. and that is something really nice. So I think this is moving me okay. and motivating me. Yeah. So just to anybody that might not know what NLP is, can you talk a little bit about that and, and what you did when you were uh, involved with that? Yeah. So NLP. It can be the machine learning part uh, that I don't know, but uh, what I mean with NLP is the neuro-linguistic programming. Right. And it's kind of what I said before, like you can program your brain as a computer. So NLP is the perfect tool to program your uh, emotions, your behaviors, and you start to see the world in a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So programmers are if they started learning nlp they're gonna see a lot of similarities right but basically for me that i didn't know how to program on that time and what i learned in nlp so we i had three levels in that uh, course that i did the first one was kind of opening like uh, a world that was in front of my eyes and i couldn't see mm -hmm. so i, I was open opening and I was able to see because I started to, to, to learn perception stuff and things like that, filters of reality and things like that. And the second level, we started to also be able to open the world for people around you. And the trainer is really going deep on this and okay, let's open the world for people, let's help them to break the limits of their beliefs. So you really work on beliefs and this is kind of a bit of NLP in two minutes. We, mm. we could talk about this for three hours. So this is all stuff that you're putting into your content as well as you create for um, the people of Brazil? I'm not putting NLP uh, a lot. I'm just uh, referencing. If you want to learn NLP, here is the path. Mm, okay. And I, I highly 
recommend to learn it. Because this is the thing that changed my life for... I didn't spend much money. I didn't spend much time. Okay, I spent three years. It still is not that much if you compare for your whole life. And it changes your whole life. So three years of your life can live in a, a different life much better. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Like, you know, especially too, like what we kind of learned at, at Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within, right? Like, it's just so important to recognize that change in your mindset because, you know, that really is the difference between like uh, trying and actually doing, right? And believing in that you can be the person that actually, you know, makes the difference or makes the million dollars or, or whatever the case may be and whatever goal you have. Uh, but yeah, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like any like challenges or fears that you might have about this, right? So like, what are some common fears or like misconceptions Brazilians have about working abroad? And like, you know, how, how does your product help address these? We we have like, uh, how do I, I, I cannot translate it because it doesn't work, the translation. But mm. we have like uh, something that happens in the mind of people in Brazil is that we think all the neighbors are better. Oh, I think uh-huh. I think I think this happens in states too. Like uh, the grass of the neighbor is greener. Right, Don't yeah. know if you have this expression. Yeah, yeah, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, in Brazil, it's kind of uh, when I say neighbors is like Americans or Canadians or Europeans. We always think they are better than us. Mm-hmm. We always think, oh, the, when when I go to Canada, my life is going to be perfect because there, there is no problem. The problems are only in Brazil. And the my content is helping them to break it. It's helping them to believe in themselves and find inside them the, they, what they are, like, Everyone is powerful. It's just because you were born in Brazil that you were in Brazil. It's not because you are not uh, good enough. So I'm trying to help them to find their confidence, to help uh, find their self-esteem and to break this kind of pattern that blocks people to stay where they are. So it's a lot of things together it's also techniques that i used how you can achieve that mm-hmm. because uh, it's not uh, just learning you have to practice right yeah of course yeah mm, okay so, so you know how do you think your brazilian heritage and experiences there have shaped your approach to you know just this like business and also like mentorship in kind of a global context yeah i think um being Brazilian helped me to be humble mm-hmm. because uh, I had to learn with Brazilians first and then today I learn with Canadians, with Americans and uh, if I was born in the best place, in the best family, I think I wouldn't be humble enough because you think you know everything and I have friends around me that they always think they have all the truth, but uh, I can learn with everyone. Like, if I go to 
place in in the world that is worse than Brazil. I am sure I can learn with them. Mm -hmm. So I think born in there was good, really good for me to to explore the world and to know that uh, the world is big and maybe we don't have enough time in life to know all the world. Right. Yeah, I I do agree with you on that. Like, I think it's so important, especially to like, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody kind of has those friends, like as they get older, that end up staying at home, like they get stuck at where they're at, uh, you know, and just recognizing that there's so much more to the world like that, I think is kind of the first, the first step to, you know, really truly experiencing what's out there. Um, so, you know, in your career, and I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, like any, any challenges that you might have faced too, you know, so in your career, have you faced any like significant setbacks or failures, you know, and, and if so, how did you overcome them? And, you know, what did you learn from those experiences that you're kind of applying now? So in the beginning of my career in Brazil, uh, I had a job that uh, was working too much. Right. And it was a lot of work. And uh, I didn't know how to say no. So I, I was always trying to do more and more until one day that my face paralyzed. And uh, I, I have a difference. Uh, today is better, but uh, one eye is different than other because the paralyzation that I had. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. And I kind of had to go to physiotherapy to do physiotherapy in my face to recover because it was not moving. And uh, after like 40 sessions of uh, physiotherapy more, I don't remember how many, uh, my in Brazil you have like I don't know if in states you have it, but uh, when you work more you have like a bank of hours that you can take off later or they pay you more. Oh right, right, right. Uh, I don't know about the pay you more, but yeah, kind of like a like rolling over PTO, like paid time off type of thing, or is it just yeah. like, okay? But there is really controlled and kind of micromanagement. Oh, okay. You have a card and have to tap the card when you start working and you tap when you leave. So mm -hmm. I had that and my hours went down. Like I was supposed to do 40 hours, 44 hours per week. And I was doing like 35, 36 because I was coming late in the morning to recover my face in the physiotherapy. Right. And to recover from the same job that put me in that situation. Right. So like, uh, the minimum that I was expecting from then was, okay, uh, you can understand. But uh, the environment was so stressful for me that I start, started complaining. Right. And uh, in the end, they fired me. So I think this experience was really painful, but uh, he, uh, I really learned a lot, especially to to see the value of having a good job today. Like right. uh, when I have a job that uh, has work-life balance, I see that this is really important because I was there before in a place that I was not happy and was really hard. And I'm kind of curious if you don't mind talking about it. If you do, if you don't, that's that's totally fine. But, you know, yeah, what exactly happened that your face actually became paralyzed? I think it was too many stress, mm. too much stress. Like... Uh, was working hard every day. Like I, I also was studying. I was doing my university at 
evenings. Oh, wow. So, and I was living like one and a half hour from the job. So I used to work like from 8 to 5.30. And to arrive at 8 in my job, I was taking a bus at 6. And the bus was taking other people from the company and leaving us in the front of the company. And uh, it was this routine. And after the the work hours, I was going to the university. And I was also learning English in the end of the night or before sleeping. And repeating, repeating, repeating. And then my body just shut down, made yeah. something. Yeah, shut down. Yeah, it's prison. I was I was young, so I had a bit of energy to do that. But today I I, I have experience and I know okay, this is my limit. I cannot go more than this, and that's right. it. So this company was this the same company that you worked for that like uh, you ended up going to speak for for like self development stuff or the soft skills, or was this a company uh, before that? Or yeah, when was this exactly in your journey? This, this was not the, the same. Mm -hmm. And I started my journey of soft skills because this experience. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So this is one more good thing that happened because this experience is because I saw, okay, I was fired from this company and I, I know I have some problems and stress here that I don't want to have anymore. Mm -hmm. So how can I improve it? And I started working on myself. And actually, I was starting NLP during this company. Mm -hmm. They fired me and I continued. And after that, my life completely changed. And uh, I got the job like three years later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in between those two times, like, did you just not have a job or did you still just work for that company up until like you finally had a, this new job with the, the soft skill company? So that company was like, a, it was a payment company. Hmm. And uh, I I was working in a specific software of payment of credit hmm. card. Right. And I had that knowledge. So because that, like 20 days after they fired me, someone found me on LinkedIn and sent hey do you know this software and i said yes i know i worked with this and they said oh we have a job that is paying this salary and this salary was two times what i used to make oh wow like i was like eh, it, it it's probably fake it's, it cannot be real right and like uh, it was less than one month i got a job that was paying double mm. So it's kind of, uh, this is something I, I cannot, I don't know how to explain, but I feel that there is some high energy that helps things to happen for us. Right. So in the end, being fired was really good because this opportunity came to me and mm -hmm. I was making double of what I used to do. And I was working much less so I could finish my university in peace. It was a temporary job. After that, I realized that, okay, now university is done and I need to learn programming and automation mm -hmm. because this is going to bring me to Canada. Not to Canada, to, but uh, to another place in yeah. 
Yeah. So I started learning programming and I got a job that was, uh, of course, was not well paid as I was in this job. So I kind of stepped back, started make, making less money, but I was learning something that was important for, for my career. Mm -hmm. So I spent like one year there. And in this company, they sent me for the conference because it was a consultant company. It's, it, it is a global company. It's the, it's Accenture. Mm, okay. It, it's everywhere. And, uh, they were really nice with me. My boss was amazing and they had like, uh, benefits of, okay, do you want to go to this conference? You can go. You don't need to take time off. Oh. Uh, you go in work time and we're going to pay for you. So I went to the first conference I saw, I was not speaking that time. And I thought, okay, this is something I want to do. I want to speak in a conference. Mm -hmm. And because this, I started learning how to public speaking. I, I did a lot of Toastmasters and Toastmasters changed my life, especially for speaking. And, uh, yeah, and this second conference, the same conference, the second edition after the one I went, I was able to go and speak. And that one, I got the job. Yeah. I mean. First off, I kind of want to come back, right? Like, yeah, I, for whoever believes in, in whatever, right, whether it's God, the universe, or any kind of higher power, you know, I think, you know, quite, like, yeah, I, I would agree, too, that there there is probably something that's there, right? Because what, what did Tony Robbins say? He was like, uh, he said something about, like, how life happens for us and not to us, right? And just how it sets us up for certain opportunities. And even, too, I think, uh, Jamie Kern-Lima, how she was talking about, like, um, you know, uh, for her, her kind of perspective was like, yeah, when, when, uh, when somebody gives you a no, God gives you a knowing, right. And recognizing what, what your next path is and kind of building towards that and like how that all just prepares you. Um, and it's, it's amazing to hear that in your story and just kind of where that came. Right. So I kind of want to come back a little bit to, to kind of like the impact and, and vision that you have for this, this product that you have for, you know, the Brazilians out there. Right. And kind of getting them, uh, out of Brazil and kind of into better, uh, a better place in their life. So, you know, what impact do you hope to really achieve through this digital product? And, you know, how do you envision it changing the lives of those who actually use it? Of course, I would like to have like a lot of people being benefited. Mm -hmm. But in the end, if it helps one, mm. it's already worthy. Right. So, of course, I would make my best to help as many people as I can. But by, by helping one, it's already enough. And I know this one I already have. Right. So I have someone that found me on Instagram. And this guy sent me, hey, man, I, I started following you in social media and your content is really helping me. So can you please uh, create something? And then I started asking him, okay, tell me what is your pain? Tell me what you need. Tell me which content you need from me. Mm -hmm. And I started creating and basing the content on his story. Right. And then like on LinkedIn, other people come with the same pains, same 
goals and they ask me, hey, can you help me about the, this subject that you spoke one day? I would like to know more. So I take this kind of message and I bring to the content. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing it. It's not ready. Mm, so okay. I'm thinking it's kind of the Ikigai, do you know? Uh, the Ikigai. Oh, um, that sounds so familiar. Talk about it a little. It's the four circles, like what I love, what the world needs, what I'm oh. passionate. Yeah, and in the middle is like that's supposed to be your purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, this, so you feel like this is definitely your purpose. Yes, I, I feel that uh, helping people to find the same path of self-development is my purpose. And I think uh, this product that I'm creating is leading to that. Mm. It's kind of uh, a first first step of uh, self-discovery. Right. And uh, I'm creating something that uh, it's been like 10 years that I'm studying. And I'm trying to create something direct to the point of someone that is starting. Right. And it's not only for the ones that are starting, but some people are seniors that they want to go to another place. Right. And I'm I'm pretty sure like 90% of these people that they want, they don't get the job is because they have problems in self-confidence. Right. They don't believe in the, themselves. They think they are not ready. They think they need to study more like I was thinking before coming. I was always studying more and more and I was thinking, okay, it's not my time yet. So I will keep studying and perfectionism and trying to learn more and more. Right. But the guys were there waiting for someone that they didn't have the match and I was the match. So because my friend pushed me, I was able to, to get that job. So my product is kind of uh, all this together. It's all my story. Like uh, do this, do this kind of uh, practice. It's going to help you. Don't do this that didn't help me and made me like uh, to the wrong path. Right. Um, this is a bit of what is coming. Mm, okay. So first, I kind of want to come back to this like we'll call it a success story right because you had this one person that followed you and saw like hey you know like I, they were very appreciative and you know it was already influencing them positively right so how did that make you feel like now you're coming to the point of realization where this is you know it, it's on your way to your purpose right so you know can you talk a little bit about you know how you felt in that moment and why you feel like this needs to, to be what you're doing so when i feel that uh, what I feel on that situation is that, okay, I'm here serving something bigger than me. Mm -hmm. Can be the universe, can be the world, can be God's plan. I don't know. I I'm here and I'm serving. And this is the feeling I have. So I kind of try to give up thinking about uh, only me. Mm -hmm and start thinking the whole right because that makes me feel uh it's good but it's more than good 
it's kind of uh, it's like fulfilled that, yeah fulfillment mm-hmm. so that's what I want that's what we learned also in the training mm-hmm. like uh, making a lot of money without fulfillment is not success right this is not what I want and uh, also I used to think bad stuff about money and today after a lot of trainings and learning about even about subject money I also want money so how can I help people and how can the the way I help be really worthy for people to also have money mm-hmm. so I, I will not be like a, a liar and saying, oh, no, I'm doing this just by heart and I don't want to make money. Right. No, of course I want. That's why I want to create a product. But it, the money is not the main reason. The, the reason is how can this product help people? Money is going to be the consequence. Right. I mean, also to like, you know, the, the impact it will have on them, right? Uh but yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it is really astounding and just kind of amazing to me to see you like, you know, want to give back to your country like that because of all this that happened to you. Um, so, you know, last question I have for you is what advice would you give to someone from Brazil or just any part of the world looking to break into the international job market, like especially in tech or even like, you know, self-development? The advice is... Uh... And this came from Tony. When I read the book uh, Awake the Giant Within. Mm-hmm. So this book uh, is kind of really doing what is written in the title. And this is the advice. Try to find the giant with, within you. Mm. Because everyone has something really big inside. And uh, often we are blocked by fears, we're blocked by limitations, by beliefs, like uh, the same for the money that I just said. Sometimes we have a lot of bad stuff about money that we don't want money. Like, oh, I don't want uh, money because money is is evil, but no, I know people without money that are doing bad stuff and other kind of stuff like uh, I'm not uh, I don't deserve going outside of Brazil Mm -hmm. it's a lot of people better than me things like that we have to eliminate it Mm -hmm. and we have to find the value inside and it's inside the heart and after you see this uh, the life changes a lot and you start to see your value and life would just get better. Beautifully said. Uh, so before I end the show, uh, there's always one last question I like to ask. Uh, it's just to kind of cleanse the palate and just kind of keep you on your toes, right? So the question I have for you today is, would you rather lose social media or television? And why? Social media. Oh, you'd rather get rid of social media? Oh, sorry. It's not social media. I was being... I was thinking about social media and consuming social media, but I forgot that social media can connect people and Mm -hmm. make the world better. 
So, and I would say I would prefer the television because I could play some video game instead of social media. Right. But thinking about the world, I think I would prefer the social media because uh, we can talk to everyone around the world. Like right. I can talk to my family by social media. So I, I prefer social media. Nice. Okay. So then I guess starting now, everybody listening, uh, you know, start getting rid of your televisions. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, um, you know, thank you so much, Alex- Alexon. Um, where can people find you? So on Instagram, Alexon Fortis, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I also created a newsletter that is Tech and Accent. So I have some writings there. And soon it's coming a podcast about the tech and accent. Mm, so it's awesome. around, it's people that uh, has a bit of accent like me, not right. a bit, I have a lot. And I want to show to the world that it's fine to have an accent. It means that I speak more than one language. So Right, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing, Alexan. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation for your time too. Thank you for tuning in to The Bottom Left Pain. If you enjoyed our journey into the unseen stories today, don't forget to follow us on social media at Bottom Left Pain on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our show on any platform where you get your podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in supporting the production of our show, consider checking out our Patreon. Even a contribution as little as a dollar a month can make a huge difference. Thank you for your support and for joining us in uncovering the hidden chapters of life. And remember, sometimes the most profound stories are the ones we've never heard before.